the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1440 KYCR, Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. Streaming worldwide at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Today is a day that Nevada voters get a chance to weigh in on the Democratic presidential candidates. Bernie Sanders is considered the favorite heading into today's Nevada caucus. Meanwhile, he's critical of what he calls a Democratic Party establishment. He says it's right up there with the Republican Party establishment and big business. He says they will not be able to stop his candidacy. A temporary truce between the U.S. and the Taliban now in effect in Afghanistan. Friday's announcement follows months of negotiations between the two sides if successfully implemented the week-long reduction in violence agreement will be followed by the signing of the peace accord aimed at ending 18 years of war that is keith peters reporting and today marks exactly 40 years since perhaps the greatest upset in the history of sports dubbed the miracle on ice the u.s men's hockey team upsetting the soviet union four to three on february 22nd of 1980 this is limitless access to business and investment strategy listen to business 1440 with our free app your smart speaker or with iheart tune in and radio.com we live in the twin cities and invest worldwide I can't believe we have to make this commercial. It's ridiculous. You'll think it's ridiculous, too. Listen to this. This commercial is about, well, it's about parents being rude at high school athletic events. Ridiculous, right? It gets worse. Studies show more than 75% of new high school officials are quitting because of bad adult behavior. So now there's a shortage of refs here in Minnesota in almost all sports. No officials means no more games. Is that what you want for us? Come on, parents. It's time to grow up. Cheer for your team. Be proud of your children. But stop being so ridiculous. And don't make us run another commercial. Because we will. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Reminding you to always practice good sportsmanship. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there, as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there, as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. She can help you navigate rush hour traffic, even update your shopping list. But most impressive of all, she knows where to find straightforward conversations on investing. Just ask Alexa to play Business Radio 1440. Twin Cities Business Radio. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. The predatory nature now of global capitalism, it's just completely unrestricted. There's no constraints. These are wild times. It's the King Banyan Show. We want to create jobs. The quickest way to do it is to provide more food stamps. Government is that fiction whereby everybody believes that he can live at the expense of everybody else. As an educator and former legislator. And that is the free lunch myth. Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Hip, hip, hooray. Unemployment is down. We're in an age where, where common sense sounds esoteric. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Unfortunately, economists are worse carry a relatively little weight in politics. Now, here's King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. 651-289-4477, the number to call. We love it when you come on air, but even if you ask a question when you don't, we try to answer it for you. So during the break, or 
before we went into the break, we got a call from a listener who was asking me asking me to f- the question, how how does a company like Cargill get money out of China and back to the U.S.? That's an awesome question, and I've posted a piece by a company that advises pe- advises firms that do business in China and helps them with such questions. Um, because they have a blog that I find interesting in many ways, I happen to have known this blog beforehand, so uh, so I just posted it up for you if you want to read it. But here's the short of it, in case you're not in case you're not by a computer. There are basically two ways to do it. One way is if it's a foreign-owned subsidiary, you can always you could it's a foreign-owned subsidiary. The, if it makes profits, there are dividends. Those dividends can be repatriated back to the states. There's a it's there's a bit of that is not the easiest thing to do in China. There are barriers in the way. There's an audit. There's tax comp- for tax compliance. There is a tax uh, that you have to have. There's a minimum capital requirement you have to have. So there are a number of barriers to just remitting the money directly as a dividend. But you can transfer the dividend back to the states if you want to go that route. I have no idea how Cargill's set up. Okay, so I, I, th- this this may or may not apply to them. So they might use a dividend route, but there's another option for them. Suppose I'm operating a series of, of factories in, in China. I probably am not operating an HR department in Shenzhen or, or, or some other city in China. I am probably operating the HR functions and other back office functions from my, host, from my headquarters back in the U.S. I can charge my factories for that. I can send them a bill. Okay, we did the HR for you, and now you need to send us the money to pay for this. That's not subject to any of those rules. And so that money can move back directly. And since it's, since it's the headquarters and one of its branches making the deal, they can set the price for the HR function at anything they want. And so they can implicitly pull the money back. They can use that as a mechanism to pull the money back out of China, back to the United States. Are there, if it was egregious, my guess is the Chinese authorities would step in and say, look, you're just, you're just engaged in tax avoidance. But the fact that we've probably not heard many of those stories makes me think, and I actually can't think of one at this moment. I'm not saying they're not there, but I can't think of one. I'm going to guess that it's probably not that big a deal. All right, I'm going to leave that there because it's not that. A, I was this wasn't what I was planning to do on, for this hour, and secondly, that question kind of struck me as being a sort of out of left field question, but it's really interesting. So I wanted to make sure I got it answered. So so thanks, James, for the question, and I'm glad we were able to. Uh, I'm glad you asked it, and uh, please call back um, sometime soon. Uh, but you'll see the link for that. That's at the top of our Pound KBRS feed. So if you're in Twitter, just use the hashtag Pound KBRS, and that's what you'll find right there. Uh, is is the link to that particular piece from uh, from the China briefing file? Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven number. Um, when I was a young whippersnapper, so I talked about Miracle on Ice. No, please, no more hockey. Um, uh, but I talked about Miracle on Ice. That was 1980, right around that very same time. I was a, I got to see, and it was the first time I had ever seen one. A first year grad student out in Claremont, and I see my first copy of an economic report of the president. Now this is pre-internet days. Okay, I'm still, I'm just barely at the point where I've had been able to give up programming my stat my statistical work on cards and be able to use a CRT instead. And if you're under age I'm going to guess if you're under age 45 you have no idea what I just said about a CRT. Unless you're really into old computer things. Um I'm, I'm I'm sensing though because I've got a, I I I know some of my listeners and I know that they're about my age. The letter CRT put a smile on their face just now. So when we needed to put data into our our modeling estimates, we had to go find the data either in a library or in a book that we might have bought someplace. 
Claremont's about 40 miles from downtown Los Angeles. There's a government printing office bookstore in downtown L.A. that I love to go to, and it was right next to, it was next to the Hamburger Hamlet, which had the best French onion soup I'd ever had, still to this day. Um, and and I only made one trip a year, but I made that trip every year between 1980 and 1984 when I was a grad student there, and it was to get a copy and actually to buy multiple copies of the economic report of the president because part of part of my job as a research assistant was to go get the data go drive down to los angeles go into the bookstore buy copies for the faculty and i would buy one for myself and bring it back out to claremont and so what's in it well the reason i went to buy it was not for the essays it was instead because the second half of the book was a compendium of government statistics that was as good as anything you have. And if you wanted to have government statistics at your fingertips and you could only have one book in the 80s, what you had was the economic report of the president. And you'd have GDP data, you'd have monetary data, you'd have government spending data, you'd have international trade data. They would wrap it all in the back of that thing. And those suckers were like gold. You could borrow most any book off my bookshelf, but if you asked me for my economic report of the president, I'd, I'd give you the hairy eyeball. I'm not sure I want to let that out of my sight. I really need that for my work. So it was like asking me for... There were two books that I just basically wouldn't let you borrow. My economic report of the president and my copy, my copy of, my, uh, of my first book, book in econometrics which had all of the statistical tables all the cumulative density functions and the formulas and all that that i had actually taped little little tabs onto so i could find them quickly that's what it was like to be a student in 1980 i'm just saying okay so no internet we're typing things into a crt and so i would have to print out my my data file and then try to read every single line. I still have my coding forms from some of the stuff I typed in in the mid-80s. By the time I get to about 1990, I'm not doing this anymore. But but I have CRT in my office all the way to about 1990, 1991. Uh, And I had no no, uh, computer at home, no desktop computer at home until 1987. So, you would get this. And the reason I bring this up is, this week they released the new, the new uh, economic report of the president. And the economic report of the president includes not just all those data, and they're still there. You can still look up data in the economic report of the president, although there's so many other sources now, it's superfluous. No, what's there now, and what's always been there, has been the fact that the Council of Economic Advisors releases a set of essays that constitute their report. It's it's the middle word, right? The report of the president. And it's actually an economic report to the president by the council, but in consultation so that the Council of Economic Advisors and the the president are both, and and the executive branch, are in conversation about what's going into this report. Over the years... The document went from being sort of a general, here's what happened in the economy last year, here's a special topic about what was happening in the economy last year, where we've done some additional research and so forth. I should tell you, CEA, is the Council of Economic Advisors, is nominally three people. They're currently two serving. But it's nominally a, a group of three advisors, one of them called the chair. Currently it's uh, Thomas Philippon, who, uh, uh, who is the... Uh, Philippon, who's the uh, who's the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors? I've played a couple. I've played a couple sound bites of Thomas, um, but it's typically held by three academics who are brought in to provide advice. But they, behind them is a group of younger, ac- mostly people who are taking a leave from academia, and they come from all over the country. And they show up, and m- many of them will be taking a year sabbatical and go, st- and go work with CEA. That's, a, 
that's a blast. I've, I know many people who've done this. It's an awesome. It's an awesome thing to do. But more recently, and it's and I'm not saying this started with Trump, but certainly during the Trump administration, the purpose of the Council of Economic Advisors report has been to tell us how wonderful the current policies of the president are. This happened during the Obama administration, happened with the Trump administration. So please don't take what I'm saying here to be a criticism that somehow Trump politicized the CEA. The CEA has been politicized, has been politicized for quite some time. It didn't start with this president. It's not going to stop with this president. Okay? And you know what? It actually didn't start with Obama either. This has been happening. This has been happening for over twenty years. It's kind of a, it's kind of a depressing thing, to watch because, when I got that book in nineteen eighty, after with all the stats, my evening read would include trying to read about ten to fifteen pages of the report itself, and it was my first time that I really had cut my teeth on trying to understand economic policy making. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what's in this new report. And how the people in the in in the market kind of or, or people in the policy world kind of lost their minds about it. We'll talk right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Are you ready to make some improvements to your home? Maybe plush new carpeting or beautiful wood flooring? How about worry-free, waterproof, luxury vinyl plank flooring in your bathroom or basement? They even have a huge variety of affordable kitchen cabinets and countertops to choose from. When you're ready to start looking, Serenity Home Interiors can help. With their spacious 4,000-square-foot Burnsville showroom, they have thousands of combinations to match your dreams and your budget. Plus, the friendly professionals at Serenity Home Interiors are here to help you every step of the way. Serenity was founded on providing you with name brands you can trust, service you deserve, and pricing you can afford. So whether you need full-service interior design, a new floor installed, or you're a do-it-yourselfer and just want to purchase what you need at a great price, Serenity Home Interiors has you covered. Call today for a free no-pressure, no-obligation in-home consultation and estimate at 952-303-4033 or visit shi-mn.com. When it comes to replacing your windows and doors, ignorance is not bliss. You only want to have to do it once, and you don't want to make a mistake. Great Plains Windows and Doors has been helping homeowners all over the Twin Cities with their replacement needs, utilizing the entire line of Anderson Core product, including the most popular 400 series, which contractors trust the most, and they're made right here in Minnesota. Now that sounds like bliss. For a truly remarkable experience, contact Great Plains Windows and Doors at greatplainswindows.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. I admit, you kind of have to be a 
an economist trained in the 70s and 80s to have the kind of fondness I have for the economic report of the president. It's, it's, it, if it smacks of nostalgia, yeah, a little bit. Hear ya. However, it's an opportunity for people who do research, I mean, and by which I mean, I think, pretty good applied research. And, and as you've heard me say when we talked about Judy Shelton last week, what really works in, in a Council of Economic Advisors is to bring people who have a diversity of opinion in and have people shake things out and make sure that everybody gets, the, the, gets into the document, in, into that economic report, and into other briefings for the president, the advice from across the spectrum of opinion about whether or not whether or not the deficit's too high, whether or not we should we should remove this regulation or, or, or so forth. And unfortunately over time all of these documents have become something that are used to trumpet the the current administration's policies. You could see from time to time CEA chairs who were uncomfortable with what it was what it was the uh, the president's people were doing, but uh, so forth. Uh, for example, I was just listening to an interview with uh, with uh, Tevi Troy, whose new book Fight House looks fabulous. It's going to end up it's going to end up on my Kindle. I don't know when I'll get a chance to read it, but hopefully soon because it sounds awesome. It's about the infighting that happens within White House staffs. And in the interview, he relates the story which I had heard before about the fact that uh, at that time, Christina Romer, who was the first chair of the Council of Economic Advisors for President Obama, had actually advocated for the stimulus bill to be larger than what was passed. She wanted one that was, was well north of a trillion dollars. Of course, the, the administration chose not to do that. But in the book, Troy points out, they didn't even get to, they didn't even get to, the Obama administration never got the advice from Romer and people at the CEA because the Treasury Secretary, Larry Summers, spiked it, just made sure that it was removed from the briefing papers that the president received and said, no, we're recommending this size, $800 billion. And I get, you think that's, you, you, my listeners, I know my audience, you will think $800 billion was too much, a trillion, what the heck were they thinking? Summers was right to spike it. I'm not saying that I think a trillion dollars, that the, that the stimulus should have been larger. I think the president was entitled to hear the opinion of, of, of Chair Romer. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's the job. I mean, there is one person with the job to decide what the president sees. That's the chief of staff. But to have the Treasury Secretary, you know, spike it uh, instead, I mean, it's just part of the thing that happens in White Houses. And that's why, I, that's why this book is, this, that's why this book's going to be a fascinating read. It just came out this week. Um, anyway, anyway, it, in this particular piece, as you read the 2020 Economic Report of the President, I'm just going to read you the first paragraph just to give you the flavor of what this is. Today, the Council of Economic Advisors released its annual economic report of the president. The report shows that three years into the Trump administration, the U.S. economy continues to outperform pre-2016 election expectations, delivering inclusive gains to American families. As President Trump wrote in his letter introducing the report, these results did not come about by accident. Instead, they were supported by our foundational pillars for economic growth that put Americans first, including tax cuts, deregulation, energy independence, and trade re renegotiation. Contrary to expectations that the expansion would slow as it matured, economic output and labor market gains have accelerated over the past three years, as shown in the figure below. Now, here's what's interesting about this. They compare the first three years, okay, 2017 Q1 to 2019 Q4 of President Trump to the entire eight years of the Obama administration along five pieces. Home ownership rates, the size of the labor force, manufacturing employees, 
labor productivity, wealth of the bottom half of the income distribution. And in those five areas, the Trump numbers exceed the Obama numbers. So they had done research and basically trying to say, we beat Obama. And I'm not going to read the rest to you. I tweeted yesterday. I tweeted this out at Pound KBRS. I will. I will do the in case you missed it tweet at the break. But the reaction was swift and 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 really uh, uh, raining hellfire on this report. Not least of which from President Obama himself, who said basically. The Trump growth is actually the Trump growth is actually thanks to our policies. Basically, he's living off he's living off my expansion, and he hasn't done anything to do it. Okay, refrains of you didn't build that. You didn't build that expansion. We did. Now, to give you a further example of that. Let me play for you this. This was on CNBC uh, on Thursday. This is Stephanie Rule, um, who's a host, who does something called a fact check. And every time you hear the words fact check come out of the words of a reporter, okay, put on your critical thinking caps. We're going we're gonna to play this in slow motion. Now, I'm gonna, before you play it, Wyatt, uh, I want to I stipulate to, the, to first... I've, you know, because uh, I, because I watch a lot of, a lot of financial news, I have opinions about every person who does this this kind of reporting. There are very very few people I hold in higher regard as a commentator than Stephanie Rule. Okay, she she's got a viewpoint. She's definitely got a political bias. I I okay. I can correct for all that. She is usually. Very, very, very factual. And I find that when she does facts, okay, she picks her facts and she tries to pick them to weave into a story that she's already decided. But I want you to listen to this carefully. I want you, okay, so I'm going to play the whole thing front, from beginning to end. And then I'm going to, then we're probably going to go back and play a little, uh, 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 we're going to play it a second time when, in stop go. So play the whole thing first, uh, Wyatt, from beginning to end. How about a little fact check? You know I like economic ones. Strongest economy ever, greatest economic comeback, and a return from decades of economic decay. That is how President Trump regularly describes his economy. Well, yesterday, after President Obama tweeted about signing the Economic Recovery Act back in 2009, President Trump responded on Twitter, calling it a con job, claiming Obama was trying to take credit for Trump's success. Well, here's your fact check. President Trump is wrong. There was no turnaround under President Trump. We are in the 11th year of economic expansion. Much of this has been fueled by corporate tax cuts, deregulation, and keeping interest rates low, which President Trump argued against during the Obama administration. The GDP in Trump's first three years is actually a bit better than Obama's last three years, but not by much. And the four, five, six percent GDP growth that Trump promised, well, he never got there. Obama, however, hit 4% four times. And what about the jobs number that the president likes to tout? Well, there is a lot to tout about. We are at historic lows on unemployment. Since taking office, however, Trump's economy has added an average of 189,000 jobs a month. Obama's last three years in office, 224,000 jobs a month were created. And last I checked, 224,000 is bigger than 189,000. That's a fact check. Okay. So you can hear, it's a sharp, she's got a sharp sound to her. She threw a lot of numbers at us. She threw a lot of things. There's a lot of, a lot of shifting and so on there. But she did have to concede GDP did grow faster, right? Did you hear all that? Did you hear all that? So here's, here's the point I would make. The, the basic point I would make is that there's a lot, first of all, every president gets too much credit when the economy goes well and gets too much blame when the economy goes badly. That always can, 
that can always happen. Right. So I am not going to say that this economy has done well because of Trump. However, as you can tell from what I've said over, over the many times you've listened to, here to the King Banyan Show, there are aspects of the Trump policy agenda that I really, really love. And there are parts of the Trump policy agenda that I really, really hate. Guess what? That was true for President Obama, too. There were elements of what he did that I actually thought were pretty good. There, there are probably fewer things I liked during the Obama administration. The stuff that I liked that he did is probably much smaller ball than uh, what I think has been gone right with, the, with President Trump. But I could go through and name you a few things that, that, that I thought Obama did well. I could go through and name you things I thought President Clinton did well. I can go through and name you things that I thought the Bush administration did terribly. The Bush administration had steel tariffs in 2001. They had, I mean, they put them in, and they were very blatant. It was about West Virginia, which they had barely won. And everyone talks about Florida as deciding the presidency in 2000, but in the minds of the Bush administration, it wasn't Florida, it was West Virginia. So we could we could go through and name all kinds of policies that did well, did poorly. I think Stephanie is playing a little loose with this this particular fact check to arrive at a conclusion she really w- wanted to get to anyway, which is I don't like I don't like this president, and so I'm not going to give him credit for the expansion that's happened. We're going to go through and look at this fact check in a little more detail right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-727-9105. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-727-9105. 800-727-9105. 800-727-9105. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why? Or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's BAG11 to 88988. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Hot, hot! Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. 
This is Al Connickson. Learn the skills to create income you can use now and in retirement right here on Business 1440 every day at 10 a.m. Check us out at learnwithota.com. Online Trading Academy Radio. Do you think they play this at Trump rallies? It would be a good song to play, don't you think? If I was trying to rally people in the way he does, this is in the playlist. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Oh yeah, it would be pretty, that'd be pretty interesting. Anyway, let's, let's, uh, let's replay Stephanie Rule. It's only about a minute and a half, but it's going to take me probably closer to seven, eight minutes to, to do this for you. Uh, to talk about what she does in this whole piece. All right. Um, so let's start this and uh, and why it's going to have to be uh, quick, like he's playing like he's playing uh, Galaga on the uh, on the stop go button down there. How about a little fact check? You know, I like economic ones. Strongest economy ever. Greatest economic comeback and a return from decades of economic decay. That is how President Trump regularly describes his economy. Stop. So recognize that's hyperbole. Recognize that, that, that Trump is Trump is not just stating that as a fact. He's stating that as a way to promote his base. To promote himself. Because the man always is in promotion mode. Do I wish he could speak in a more clinical, more academic sense? Sure, but that's King. That's not that, that's King the academic saying, I wish he talked more like me. Yeah, sure. We all wish he would talk more like me. We all wish he could talk like like a CNB squawk box p- participant. He does it. And 60-some million people voted for him. Get over it, Stephanie. Continue. After President Obama tweeted about signing the Economic Recovery Act back in 2009, President Trump responded on Twitter, calling it a con job, claiming Obama was trying to take credit for Trump's success. Stop. Let's, okay, so that's her setup. Her setup is Trump responded to President Obama's celebrating of of the uh, economic recovery act or the stimulus bill or 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 the or whatever you want to call it uh, uh i used to call it the porculus um the okay so the bill back in 2009 she so he calls it a sham and a fraud i if you go back and listen to i i, I think you could still find somehow the old recordings of this show going back to 20, 2009 because this show started in two, in late 2009 so it started only a few months after this and i think it's long been my opinion and i said throughout throughout the first term of the obama administration that i thought the stimulus bill on average added probably 500,000 jobs in trying to compare an economy that's adding two to three to five million jobs a year my opinion of of the impact of the economic recovery act is it didn't do any harm but it probably didn't do any great gains if if everything had gone perfectly in a hundred and fifty some million dollar labor force the obama stimulus might have added two million jobs however remember the stimulus package had to pay for itself it had pay-fors within it. So the act of signing the bill had sunsets on a lot of the spending that and, and tax increases built into it that should have reversed the impact that it would have had in 2009-2010. This is nowhere recognized by, by, by Stephanie. She's instead talking about something that happened in 2009 and using data from 2017 to compare it to. Continue. Your fact check. President Trump is wrong. There was no turnaround under President Trump. We are in the 11th year of economic expansion. Much of this has been fueled by... True. We are in the 11th year of an economic expansion. But listen to what she says next. Continue. 
corporate tax cuts, deregulation, and keeping interest rates low, which President Trump argued against during the Obama administration. Stop. You can argue against that during the Obama administration and decide in 2017, well, now we need it. We don't need it in 2014, but in 2017 we need it. Right? There's nothing inconsistent between those points, and I do not understand why Stephanie would, would, would go to that go to that point. It doesn't make any sense to me to argue that, that just because you were against something at one period of time doesn't mean that you're you're against it another period of time. I don't take aspirin when I'm feeling when I'm feeling well, but but I will argue for taking aspirin when I'm feeling sick. I I policies that are applicable at one time may be not applicable another or not optimal at one time might be optimal at another time. There's nothing wrong with the president saying or anybody saying that the policies that I advocated against at at one point in time during this expansion, I now believe we need to keep the expansion going. Continue. GDP in Trump's first three years is actually a bit better than Obama's last three years. Stop. But not by much. I know. I'll I'll finish what she was about to say. She has to confess because, you know, this is a fact check. She has to give you the data. So it's grown faster. In years 8, 9, and 10 of the expansion, it's grown faster than it did in years 5, 6, and 7. Now hold on to that thought. 8, 9, 10 grew faster. 5, 6, 7. How did that happen? How did that happen? Continue. By much. And the 4, 5, 6% GDP growth that Trump promised, well, he never got there. Obama, however... Stop. True. He's not gotten to four, five, six yet. Not yet. He may. Although I'm going to tell you why in just a moment. Go ahead and play this next clip. Hit four percent four times. Stop. Yes, he hit it four times. Okay. There's a phrase in in Wall Street called the dead cat bounce. If you drop a dead cat from a sufficient height, it will bounce off the ground. I know, it's an ugly metaphor, okay? There are people probably sick to their stomachs right now thinking about cats bouncing. But the point is, the growth that comes out of a deep recession will include some periods where you're going to get a lot of catch-up. We are going to have, all right, if I write in what I said about coronavirus in the last hour, I'm going to predict for you one thing, or two things. One, you're going to have a quarter, either quarter two or maybe quarter three, in which you're going to get growth of 3% or maybe more. Indeed, if it should turn out that it's quarter three, I'm going to bet you you get a four. Why? Because all the stuff that it built up in quarter one and quarter two that was prevented by, by the interruption to the supply chains will eventually come back and there's going to be a lot of I got to catch up with all the things I needed to do I need to get need to get parts and so all of a sudden there's going to be a whole lot of a whole lot of uh, growth okay so he might get a four next quarter that's four in, he might get a three in next quarter he might get a four in quarter three if he doesn't get a three in the second quarter if the second quarter is depressed okay I predict one more thing if he does they're going to tell you exactly what I just did they're going to tell you Oh, Trump had nothing to do with that 4% growth. That was all because of coronavirus. Go back and look at the four that that the look at the four that happened with the Obama administration and look at the growth in the previous period. The growth in the previous period was anemic. This is stuff like cash for clunkers that stimulates a whole lot of spending in one quarter. It just shifts it out of other quarters. Okay? If you do this in Wall Street, it's referred to as painting the tape. Continue. Jobs number that the president likes to tout. Well, there is a lot to tout about. We are at historic lows on unemployment. Since taking office, however, Trump's economy has added an average of 189,000 jobs a month. Obama's last three years in office, 224,000 jobs a month were created. Stop. Yep, that's correct. We're not going to need the rest, Wyatt. That's correct. But you need to think about why that happened. During the Obama administration, the people who were, the people who got hired, by and large, were people who were, in fact, 
looking for work. They were unemployed. And the, and the unemployment rate, as Stephanie correctly notes, she's correct about this, the unemployment rate is lower in the Obama administration than it is in the, uh, excuse me, lower in the Trump administration than it was in the Obama administration. But get, but get this. During, this admi- during the Trump administration, as pointed out in this, this economic report of the president, right, at the, right below the second paragraph, labor force participation, the labor force grows seven-tenths percent on an annual basis versus falling two-tenths of percent during the entirety of the Obama administration. In other words, in other words, that think about that growth that you're getting. That growth you're getting from the Obama from in, during the Trump Trump administration is in significant part re-entrance, people coming back into the workforce, new entrants being brought into the workforce. Okay, and the way we're going to get growth is is to give those workers enough capital to to hand, to do this. And, as also pointed out by, by the economic report of the president, and had to be acknowledged by, by Ms. Rule, how did we end up with higher GDP growth if we're hiring fewer workers? Well, there's only one two other ways to actually have GDP growth get higher, to grow more. It's either you added additional capital, right, so that the capital stock in the United States has been increased by the by the by the policy by the during this period and i do think that the trump administration gets credit for that but along with that labor productivity has grown so tr- during the obama administration labor productivity has grown grew on an average to 1.1 percent between 2009 and 2016 in the last three years has grown by 1.4 percent that additional three tenths over time should translate into higher wages as well. And that increase in wages has largely been focused on the lower half of the income distribution, which President Obama's comments never address, which Stephanie Rule never addresses. Okay. She's only got a minute to do a fact check. But I will tell you, if I ever need a really tasty bowl of cherries to be picked, I'm choosing Stephanie Rule to do the picking for me. I'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions, but what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb, not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right. Every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Life across America, the people. 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? 
Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage with the help from the pros at Salem Surround. Whether you're just testing the waters of digital marketing or already have a plan in place that's not getting results, we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Salem Surround provides your business with all your marketing needs under one roof. Face it, if you're not effectively using digital media, you're behind the competition and losing sales. Salem Surround will help identify any weak points in your marketing strategy and consult with you to bring solutions that will meet your needs and exceed your expectations. Total market penetration for increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Let me be clear about this. I I may have been a little tough at the end there on, on Ms. Rule's uh, uh, fact check. It might have seen, seemed a bit uh, unkind of me in, in how I characterize it as cherry-picking, but I don't think it's a well-constructed argument. It is, as I said, it is important to recognize as an expansion continues, your ability to just bring unemployed resources into the workplace, labor, capital, gets harder and harder. And the fact that that the growth of the last three years of employment is slower than it was in the last than in the previous three years during the last three years of the Obama administration is not evidence that the Trump administration has underperformed. Work doesn't matter. Work's an input, right? What matters are wages. What do the workers get? What matters is output. What did this economy produce? And on those measures, this administration has actually delivered pretty reasonably good results. Now, I don't have the time today, nor will I take time in a future show here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. I will not be taking time to go through the places where I might say there's overstatement by in the economic report of the president. There are places of overstatement. Okay, I would say I would say there are several. I don't view any of them as being egregious. But places where I go, oh, that looks like somebody edited that to make to make the administration look better. That's been happening as I say, it's been happening for 20 years or more. Nonetheless, but I would tell you that of the things that you need to read, I probably wouldn't take the time to read line by line the entirety of the ERP but the general but the general introduction of it I would the that's available online at the blog for the Council of Economic Advisors on their website I would read it it's a pretty nice summary of what's happened over the last year and I don't think in fact that the that the that those things are that the statements they make about the quality of economic growth I don't think those are overstatement. Let me, let me to help you with that. Let me uh, read you. This is just a paragraph. This morning, here on here on February twenty second. This morning, yes, I realize it's Miracle on Ice Day, but it's also the release of the Berkshire Hathaway annual letter to stockholders. Okay, so this is Warren Buffett sending a letter to all of his shareholders telling them how the company's done and what's going on. And I read some of this last year because he had he had written this lovely piece called The American Tailwind of how the economy's doing. And I was wondering, okay, as we go on a year later, what's he have to say about this? And I'm only going to read you one paragraph that's been excerpted at CNBC from, uh, from this. Forecasting interest rates has never been our game 
and Charlie and I have no Charlie Munger. Charlie and I have no idea what rates will average over the next year or ten or thirty years. Neither do we, Warren. But some of us are asked for an opinion anyway and are told we can't just walk away and not give one or else well, frankly, as a forecaster, if I don't give you one, I don't get paid. Back to back to Warren Buffett. Our perhaps jaundiced view is that the pundits who opine on these subjects reveal by their very nature far more about themselves than they reveal about the future. What we Ouch, man. Ouch. What we can say is that if something close to current rates should prevail over the coming decades, and if corporate tax rates also remain near the low-level businesses now enjoy, it is almost certain that equities will over, will over time perform far better than long-term fixed-rate debt instruments. I want you to hear that sentence again. What we can say is that if something close to current rates should prevail over the coming decades, and if corporate tax rates also remain near the low levels businesses now enjoy, it is almost certain that equities will over time perform far better than long-term fixed-rate debt instruments. That's a big thing to say. That is praising of the tax of the tax bill and the reduction of corporate rates. It is supportive of the low interest regime we have now, which over time I've come to agree is probably putting us generally around where the right interest rate is. A year ago I would have said this rate that at one and a half percent the Fed funds rate's too low. I no longer believe that's true because I believe the Fed funds rate no longer is a reliable signal. And when I look at what's happening with not just ten year treasuries but I also here in the U.S., but I also look at 10-year government securities around the world, we're at probably about the right rate. If anything, it might still be a little on the high side. He continues, That rosy prediction comes with a warning. Anything that can happen to stock prices, anything could happen to stock prices tomorrow, occasionally major drops of the 50% or greater magnitude. But the combination of the American tailwind, about which I wrote last year, and the compounding wonders described by Adam Smith will make equities much better long-term choice for the individual who does not use borrowed money and who can control his or her emotions. So should you be. Long live and prosper, Warren Buffett. Thank you, Wyatt, for your help. We'll be back next week. King Banging Show, Business 1440. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue, and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love if you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. 
This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. In the nasty, ferocious, astonishingly unpleasant Democratic debate on Wednesday night in Las Vegas, no one thought to ask the contenders if they viewed any of their rivals as outside the Democratic Party mainstream. Obviously, Bernie Sanders, self-proclaimed Democratic Socialist, is far removed from the traditions and values of the party he now seeks to lead. In fact, the Vermont Independent and former member of the Socialist Workers' Party has never even identified himself as a Democrat. If his brand of left-wing extremism takes over one of our two great political parties, it will be a disaster for that party and for the country. If the Democrats are so far gone in their leftward journey that they can't rule out a Democratic Socialist as their candidate for president, then the party and its candidates have disqualified themselves from serious consideration for national leadership. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Your daily